Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross from the future. I'm recording this about 170 episodes in. We're currently in June 2023 and I just thought I'd record an introduction to my earlier episodes for the simple reason my sister was at breakfast the other day in a cafe and she overheard a lady saying to her friend, I have just found the inner work conversation. It's really, really useful. I'm going to go right the way to the beginning and work my way through the episodes. And it immediately made me want to try and contact this lady who I have no idea who she is and be like, no, don't do that. Because this this podcast, it's been going for a few years. And during that time, I have grown. I have changed. I have evolved. I have grown more confident in my abilities and in my competence, not just in my podcasting abilities, but also in what I do with my clients. I've become much more sure about who I best work with, who I best serve, and how we can best have conversations around the topics that are meaningful to the people who I work with. And so it makes me want to go, oh God, no, listen to the more recent episodes. That's where you're going to get your best value. That's where you're going to get your best insights. And it also, to be honest, makes me go, oh, in those older episodes, I sound different. I sound different because I was trying really hard. I was trying really hard to be liked and accepted. I was trying really hard to find my place in this in this space. And I think it comes through. I think that you can hear that. And I'll be honest, there's some old, old episodes that I've gone back and I've thought, oh, that, that's made me cringe or I actually disagree with myself. And so it leaves me with the question, why wouldn't I take the old episodes down? And my simple answer is this. As we all navigate life and business, we all evolve and we all grow. And there is always going to be an older version of us that we wish we'd have said things differently or we wish we'd have done things differently. Like for example, at the beginning of my business, I wish that I'd have been much more confident in who I worked with and how I can serve them and really back in my own, you know, opinions around certain things. But I can't go back. None of us can. None of us can go back to a previous version of ourselves and rewrite time. And so I'm leaving all of my older episodes in for one reason only. And that is because I want you to take these older episodes and take them for what they are, a demonstration of someone growing and evolving and learning in public. And I I say all of this and I introduce this episode with the hope that that not only inspires you, but also helps you to give yourself permission to grow and evolve and learn in public. So many of us just won't put ourselves out there for fear that it's not going to be good enough and you know it's not going to be right and when i when i listen back to my original my my initial podcast episodes it's not good enough and it's not right by my standards now but it was back then everyone has to start somewhere we all have to start somewhere we can't just rock up to something and be who we want to be or have the quality that we want to have from day one. So with what you're about to listen to, please, please know that as these podcasts, as the numbers roll on, the more me you will hear me get, but that's the more me now. Yeah. And that's not to say that there isn't value and insight in these older episodes. It's just letting you know that this is my version of growing and evolving out loud. So with all that said, let's get into the episode. (laughs) 
Welcome to episode 29 of the Inner Work Conversation, a podcast I've created for leaders like you. This podcast is dedicated to making sure that you feel empowered and reassured that you are totally not alone. I'm Nikki Cross, founder and CEO of Thrive Life and Business. And in today's episode, I want to talk to you if you know you want to invest more in your personal development, but you're feeling resistant because maybe you don't know whether it will or won't pay off. Before I dive in, I want to thank Laura F. Mack, who left this review. I have really enjoyed listening to this podcast. I really like Nikki's style. She comes across as authentic. Laura, thank you for your feedback. I'm glad that I come across in that way. I always record these episodes as if I was sitting here talking to a friend about their personal development and professional development. So I am really pleased that you hear that in me. It is intentional. Laura, you're now also entered into my thank you for the feedback prize, where each month I'm picking one person to gift them with one of the resources that I've mentioned in the episodes. So this could range from a book, an audible book, or even a month's free access to Thrive Together. So please continue to leave reviews over on iTunes. And if you're not on iTunes, tag me on social media. I will count that too. Now let's get to the episode. I bloody love talking about personal development. So I've really enjoyed recording this one for you. Let's dive in. One of the main questions that I get from people about Thrive Together, but even more so about my one-to-one coaching is, am I senior enough to work with you? And I get this from such a cross-section of leaders, whether that's team leader, team manager, divisional manager, business owner, CEO, because typically they all put other leaders on a pedestal, especially business owners. And this is the age old classic of once you've got the title, the job title, well then then therefore you should be able to do something. And this is absolute bollocks. And if it's you in that position, if you're listening to this thinking, yes, that is absolutely me. I've got the title, but I look at all those other people and think, oh my God, they know how to do it. And when are they going to find me out? When are they going to realize I'm winging it? If you want to feel less like an imposter and more like you're not winging it every single day, then definitely stay tuned to this episode because I'm sharing with you my key tips on stepping into your leadership role. You have to grow into it. You don't magically develop new behaviors and skills when you get a title. And that's not specific to you. That's specific to every single leader out there. The reason that I mentioned this at the very beginning of this episode is because it is thoughts like this, I should already be at this certain level. I should already know this. I should already be able to do that. Those types of thoughts are the ones that are keeping you stuck. Many, many leaders have limited resources for their own development when it comes to time, energy, financial resources. And I imagine that's probably the case for you too. But what this does is it puts an additional pressure on leaders to feel as though they sort of need to squeeze every last drop out of each activity that isn't revenue generation or isn't outcome based. So um, examples of this are things like if I'm meditating, I need to make sure I'm doing it properly. If I'm reading a book, I need to make sure I'm taking it all in. If I'm paying to attend training or a membership like Thrive Together, I need to make sure that I make 20 pages of notes to reflect on later. Like, It's exhausting. What if this approach of squeezing everything out of an experience is actually making you more stressed and less effective? 
because in my experience it absolutely does when you're in this space what happens is you get so hung up on the investment that you're making so that's financial investment investment of your time you get so hung up about the investment that you're making that you don't actually think about how to guarantee a return on your investment because there is a way to do that and that way can come so easily without stress without pressure and that is exactly what this episode is about this month inside my membership thrive together tt the topic is intentional rest and this means consciously creating time in your day to rest without the requirement of some sort of outcome so detached from productivity and leaders really struggle with this. I talked about it in my last episode. What I'll be doing this month is working with my members to help them identify their reset buttons. So these are the things that they can do to nourish them, both big and small, arm them with the tools to prevent stress and burnout and cope effectively with challenges, the challenges that leadership brings and life. But one of the reasons, because the thing is we talk about this every single week, inside of power planning, we do it every single Monday. I always encourage them to factor time into their week for intentional rest. But one of the reasons that I know that my Thrive Together members struggle to factor this rest into their week is because if they're honest, they can't see the immediate return on investment. Or to be more specific, they might set the rest in their diary, but when something else pops up, like an email or something more urgent to be dealt with, they place a higher return on investment in dealing with that email in the moment than actually committing to the five-minute rest break that they promised themselves that they would take. That's what we're going to be working on. But as part of this, I want to bring to you guys, my listeners of the Inner Work Conversation, some of this goodness too. So in today's episode, I want to talk about ROI. I want to talk about return on investment. I talk a lot about the reasons that we hold ourselves back. And if you do want more specifically on that, after this episode, go ahead and listen to episode 11 on getting out of your own way. But today, I want to give you some quick and easy tools to arm yourself so that you can be confident that any investment that you make in yourself, whether that's intentional rest, whether that's listening to this episode, reading a book, watching a YouTube video, paying for a one-to-one coach any investment in yourself I want to arm you with the tools so that you can make sure that it does pay off that you will get return on investment and therefore rather than being obsessed over the investment that you're making you can relax into your learning rather than feel like it's yet another additional pressure that you have to make sure it pays off Because that's the thing that scares us, right? That's the reason that we don't make investments in ourselves is because we're not sure that we're going to see that payoff. We're not sure that we're going to see that return on investment. So if you've been holding yourself back from making an investment even because you want to be sure it'll pay off, then this episode is absolutely for you. Because here's the thing, you are the safest place to put your time, money and energy into you really are. Because like I said in a recent Instagram post, the one investment that you can personally guarantee will pay off is in yourself. So in this episode, I want to share my top tips on absolutely guaranteeing that you will get a return on your investment from any learning activity that you do, whether that's attending training, reading a book, hiring a coach. Because even if this is... Even if the thing that you're investing your your time into is free, in inverted commas, nothing is free. 
you now know that you've got precious resources. And yes, one of those precious resources is your money that you know you could spend on investing back into yourself and your skills and your behavioral growth. But if something is free, it's still costing you your time and energy to attend it, isn't it? You could be, while you're spending 60 minutes watching that webinar, you could be doing something else. So let's make sure that you get something from it, from your investment, without the pressure and without the stress. Before I dive in, if you are a Thrive Together member, take notes on this episode (laughs) because this is exactly the way that I encourage you to learn inside of my space, inside of my group membership. So tips on ensuring, guaranteeing a return on investment. Tip number one, use a learning journal, focus on implementation. So over the 15 years that I've worked in learning and development, one of the easiest, cheapest, most effective tools that you can use to make sure that you get a return on your investment is writing it down. In the L&D industry, there is a well-known model called the Kirkpatrick model. I'll link it in the show notes so that you've got a visual of it. But typically, it's got five levels. And I want to share those with you so that you know how experts actually measure return on investment. So let me give you an example. When I worked in a business as their learning and development manager, I had a budget and I I had to figure out where that budget was best spent. Therefore, where would we get the greatest return on investment? So this is like a calculation almost, like you are having to make a decision based on hundred grand where you're going to invest that, back into the workforce and where you are most likely as a business to get the biggest return on investment, right? So this is not some sort of little model that, but it's also not a model that doesn't work for an individual. I use this for my own learning. Today in tip one, I'm just going to simplify it so that you know how to use it easily and especially with a learning journal. So I'm quickly going to give you an overview of the Kirkpatrick model, but then I'm just so that you know the theory behind, the method behind the madness, but then I'm just going to give you some some questions that you can ask yourself in any learning and development um, investment that you're making in yourself so that you can guarantee that you will definitely get a return on your investment. So the Kirkpatrick model goes like this. Level one is reaction. Did you enjoy it? Level two is learning. Did the knowledge transfer occur, i.e. did you actually take it in? Level three is change. So did you do anything as a result of your learning? And level four is on reflection. When you've had time and chance to implement that learning, do you see any changes in your results as a result of making those changes? Um, And then the fifth one is something I would use on a more organizational level, which is return on investment. So that's like, if it was my learning and development budget, I would be looking at that and assessing if the investment that I'd made in the organization had actually paid off. On a personal level, I would not use level five. So here's the thing with the Kirkpatrick model. Like I always say to people, level one, in my training, I want you to have a nice time. If you're listening to this episode, I want you to enjoy it. Of course I do. But you giving me level one feedback, oh, I like that episode. Oh, I didn't like that episode. Oh, you swore. Oh, this, oh, that. It's only helping the de- the person delivering 
the training, the person delivering the episode or the training or or the author of the book, that feedback, level one feedback reaction, did you enjoy it? It's only helping them. It's not actually helping you. Where you want to be is levels two, three, and four. Did I take it in? Did I do anything with the information I've taken in? And once I've done something with it, what changes can I see? So now that you know the theory, let me just break it down into three really easy questions. Please, please write these down so that you can ask yourself these whenever you're, even if it's I'm reading a book or listening to this podcast, you can apply these three questions at any point to make sure that you're getting a return on your investment. Number one, what am I learning? So you could apply this to this episode today. What am I learning? Number two, what will I commit to doing more of, less of, different? Number two, what will I commit to doing more of, less of, or different? And then number three on reflection, okay, well, I've done that for a week. What changes have I seen? So this also, by the way, for those of you inside Thrive Together, this also feeds into your wins of the week, right? But you don't have to be a Thrive Together member to do this. It, it really is as simple as thinking about your wins and noting them down for your brain to make the connection between the uncomfortable growth of learning and how you practically apply it and the results that you now see. That is the kind of thought process that will keep you making forward progression and growth. So when we talk about wins, it's not always necessarily... Um, big business revenue and growth goals it can also be your personal development growth goals as well so just to recap before I go move on number one what did I learn number two what will I do more of less of or different number three what impact did it make and before I move on to tip two I just want to really hone in on that because I also think when we consider that second point what will I do more of less of or different it's usually a good idea to agree with yourself. How long will you try that new thing? I used to be a right impatient little shit and this impacted how, and and to be honest, I used to be quite entitled as well. Like I used to feel like if I try, if I, if I learned something and I tried something, I should be able to do it. And usually because I didn't like the discomfort of it being new and me not being very good at that, I wouldn't commit to doing that new thing enough times to actually develop competence in it. But that's exactly what you need to do, which I'm going to stop myself there because it it actually leads me into tip two. Tip two is agree with yourself how long you'll be shit for. (laughs) agree with yourself how long you'll be shit for a lot of us want to be good at something now and learning can therefore be very a very uncomfortable experience for our ego because it highlights what we aren't doing what we're not already already developed in and what we could be doing differently and it also highlights absolutely what we're not doing that we should be should be in the word that I want you to focus in on there the trick is to agree with yourself how long you'll stick at something. The mistake that most of us make is that once we're shown how to do something or how something should be done, we automatically think because we understand it logically, we therefore should be able to do it. We look for immediate ROI versus compound return on investment. And this just isn't the way it works in most situations. So um, if I give you an example, if 
The famous basketball player Michael Jordan spent an hour with you. I am pretty sure he could walk you through step by step his fail fail proof. Is that is that the right way of saying it? Foolproof? Fail proof? I don't know. Way of shooting and making sure that the ball goes in the hoop. And you might come out of that hour completely understanding all 62 steps or all 10 steps that he's taught you. But this understanding does not mean that you'll come out of that hour's worth of training being able to actually do it. And I know that you know this. I know that you're sitting there like, yeah, obviously. And I know that you're listening to this thinking, okay, yeah, it makes sense. But I need you to do something with this information. I know that you agree with it. I just need you to do something with it. I need you to agree with yourself. How long will you support yourself while you're developing? A really recent example of this for me is one of my one-to-one clients who is also a member of Thrive Together. We were discussing power planning and they were saying, oh, I've tried power planning a few times now and it just doesn't work for me because I always find that my plans move around in the week and therefore I'm not, you know, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work for me. And I'm like, yeah, that's the point. (laughs) Power planning isn't about creating this rigid plan for your week and not being able to move anything. It's about creating the best plan you can with the information that you have and being intentional with your time. But what this person did was go, oh, well, I couldn't do it perfectly the first few times I tried it, so I'm not going to do it anymore. And right, you, you probably either feel called out as I'm talking or can apply this to yourself in some way, shape or form. But this is even harder, by the way, when the thing that you're developing is something that other people are going to experience as well and you feel like those other people look to you to already know what you should be able to do. And that holds loads of leaders back as well. So examples of this are um, they feel like they should know how to be more assertive than they already are. And so if they practice, they're scared that they'll get it wrong and become aggressive or be seen as aggressive so they don't even try. Or they know they want to uphold new boundaries, but they don't want to rock the boat so they don't even try. Or Or they do it once and it goes wrong and they don't do it again. Or they know they want to stick to the plan that they've given themselves in power planning this week and to make progress on the goals that are meaningful to them, but they just can't say no to people because people pleasing, obviously. (laughs) You know, there's so many scenarios where it's not just you. I know a recent one for me is I really wanted to try this class at the gym, but I was really scared that it would, I would be I would look like a doofus. Like it would be really clear that I am new to this class and I obviously don't know what I look like. This this same thing goes for us all. It's we're worried about how we're going to be perceived, right? So the problem with implementation is that you don't want to practice being shit because other people will see and therefore you're scared that other people will judge you. You just want to be good at it straight away. And you or or you don't want to seem like you're not good at it in public but that's not how it works, you know, and usually you telling the people around you, hey, look, I've learned X and it's taught me Y about myself. I've identified that by developing this, I can be a more effective leader. So I want to give you the heads up that I'm going to be practicing that. Here's how you can support me. That is a better way to go about it, right? Telling the people around you to, so that 
A, they can be patient with you while you develop this new skill and B, they've got context so they know how they can support you and help hold you accountable for slip so that you don't slip into old habits. They are good things. They are not things to be ashamed of. If you can let go of the need to be perfect or the need for instant gratification, this is one of the best things that you can do when it comes to implementing something new that you've learned, right? And this leads me on to my third and final point. Lastly, drop the should and shame. Drop the should and shame. A huge reason why we turn off from learning or even become reluctant to making a personal personal development investment is because we think we should already know how to do this or we should already be able to do this. And then therefore, instead of focusing on how we can get to work on developing that skill or um, developing more effective behaviours that can support us in life and in business, instead, we spend all of our energy should and shaming ourselves. We spend all of our energy on detailing all of the reasons why we should already know how to do this thing or we should already be able to do something and therefore we create a lot of shame around that thing. And this is absolutely the number one reason that people avoid booking a consultation call with me for one-to-one coaching and they tell me this on their consultation call is because they have should and shamed themselves into inaction. They think that by investing in coaching that they'll have to admit that they can't do the thing that they think they should be able to do and this brings with it shame so they stay in inaction and inaction is uncomfortable but it's not as uncomfortable as the shame of admitting that they can't and you're probably listening to this thinking yes that is me. Then what happens is they remain in inaction until the pain of being stuck outweighs the pain of potential shame and then they take action. And my question is always, how much more progress would I be making, would you be making personally, professionally, spiritually, intellectually, if instead of waiting to get fed up of your own shit, you allowed yourself to adopt a beginner's mind or a growth mindset and be a learner again. I will forever be a learner. I have found that it's the most, the biggest contributor to my personal success, both both personally in my personal development and also my business tangible success has been adopting a growth mindset and I want you to know, if you, were, if you were to ask any of my previous employers, what, what is Nikki's number one fear? They will all tell you she's scared of failing. I'm an Enneagram type three. I am petrified. I was so petrified of failing that it would keep me in inaction. And I was so scared of failing and then people seeing that I have failed that I just wouldn't, I wouldn't progress. I wouldn't progress in anything really and it would keep me in a really I'm I'm doing it in inverted commas in a safe place but that place wasn't safe it would ju- it just kept me away from fear of judgment and fear of failure okay so without a growth mindset you remain in a fixed mindset a mindset that will convince you that you should already know how to do this and if you attempt it and you don't do it perfectly then you're not good enough so what's the point in even trying right and I used to justify this myself by saying well I can't possibly do that because if I fail there'll be all of these negative ramifications and I used to attach really um, plausible and credible ramifications like 
but if I launch my own business and it's not successful, then I'm not going to be able to pay my mortgage and then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of these, these are just excuses. And therefore, we should and shame ourselves into a corner that is really, really hard to get out of. Should and shame will keep you stuck. It will hold you back from taking progressive, forward-focused action to rewrite your future in life and in business. Should and shame will exhaust the shit out of you (laughs) because it will highlight your inadequacies at the same time as holding you back from actually creating change and doing anything about it and therefore you'll be frustrated and that is exhausting. So if you're attending a Thrive Together live group session and I am talking about intentional rest, for example, you might listen to the concepts that I'm discussing and you you might start shudding yourself and you might, because you're shudding yourself, and because you're shudding yourself so much, you might start to feel shame. And this judgment will put you in a state of fight or flight, meaning that now, rather than sitting, taking the information in, practicing what I taught you in tip one, which is, what am I learning? What am I gonna do more of, less of, or different? How did that work out for me? We can't even access that right now because we're so involved, our energy is so tied up in actually focusing on the past focusing on why my current version of myself isn't different and therefore we're not able to focus on what we could be doing to move ourselves forward. Do you see? Do you see how that shit is going to keep you stuck? So the next time you feel yourself feeling shame around a certain thing, try to notice your thoughts. Are you telling yourself that you should already know this or that you should be further along or you should already be able to do this? If so, it's time to stop. It's time to start supporting your growth and development and it's time to start recognising that although it might be uncomfortable, growth is a positive thing that will help you to expand into the next version of you, into the next level of your success. So a quick summary. Tip one, use a learning journal and focus on implementation. Tip two, agree with yourself how long you'll allow yourself to be shit for, (laughs) or let me put that in a more grown-up way. Tip two, how long will you try? How long will you persist? In fact, a little bonus mantra for you on tip two is my power is in my persistence. If I persist, I will succeed. I use that one personally. And then tip number three, stop should and shaming yourself. It's not helping, (laughs) okay? So I hope these tips have really helped you today and I will be as always so open to hearing what are you going to take from this episode? What are you going, what have you learned? What are you going to do with that learning? What are you going to do more of, less of, different? And most importantly, let me know, let me know the results that you saw. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I absolutely love talking about personal development. So I really hoped you enjoyed it too. Before you go, if the content today made you go, yes, this is exactly the growth and support that I want. Why don't you consider working with me? I work with leaders on a one-to-one basis. I am fully booked till September or inside my group membership, Thrive Together. You can find all of the details over at tlb.org.uk or I'll link it in the show notes. And if you're not already subscribed, please do so you don't miss another episode. And for those of you who are, I'll see you next time.